Hi everybody, Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church here and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. So today, I'm going to talk about a subject that I'm really passionate about. Really passionate about. Um, And I've actually been passionate about having a heart on fire for Jesus since I was a little kid. My mum said that I was different. Mm, That's exactly what I said too. She, mum said that I was different. She said I was so passionate about life. I was not exactly an easy child. Am I an easy adult, Mike? All right. Um, (laughs) But I wasn't an easy child. And, um, but mum said, when I would go, I would go into the kitchen, right, and I would open up a cupboard, and I would, you know, pull everything out of it, as kids do, and mum would say, no, and I'd be like, okay, because I'm an obedient child, right, and I would go to the next cupboard, and open that one, and get everything out of that, and she'd say, no, and I'd be like, okay, no worries, and then I'd go to the next cupboard, and I'd work out, and get all that stuff out, because I was a passionate child, all right? I was a passionate child, but I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I didn't want to do the wrong thing, so I wouldn't go back to the same cupboard. I would just go to the next one. I've worked out how to kind of twist things around. But I wanted to explore everything. As a, I've always been passionate about life. I gave my life to Jesus when I was four years old, um, and I've been passionate about Jesus ever since then. My son, Charlie, is passionate about cricket, like really passionate. He will play cricket 24-7 if you let him. And if you want to like connect with Charlie, and I do encourage you guys, connect with the kids of this church. They are amazing. If you want to connect with him, ask him a question about cricket, all right? But take a seat, because he will talk for a really long time. But he's passionate. He's passionate about life, and I love that about him. We're all passionate about something, something that lights us up. Maybe for you it's writing. Maybe it's sport. Am I right, men? Maybe it's being a lawyer. Maybe it's baking. Maybe it's fashion. Clothes swap coming up. Whatever it is, I want you to think about that now. What are you passionate about? What's that thing that you get up early in the morning to do or want to do? What's that thing that would make you stay up late at night? Passion is having a huge heart, is a big part of having a heart on fire for Jesus. So let me tell you about a story in Luke 24. There, Jesus had just died and risen again, and two of the women had come out, and they told the disciples that Jesus had risen again, and they didn't believe him. So two of the disciples to go, decided to go for a really long walk. And as they walk on this walk, they uh, meet a man, and he tells them about the scriptures. And they think, oh, yeah, this is great. And then he breaks bread, and their eyes are open, and they realize that they're walking with Jesus. And then he, get, he, got, he gets taken up or taken away. And they say in verse 32, they ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Speaking to Jesus made their hearts come alive. They were on fire because of the presence of Jesus. The power of Jesus made them so compelled to not go where they were going. They turned around and went back to Jerusalem and started telling everybody about Jesus. Because when they met and they encountered Jesus, the power of God took over their heart and transformed who they were. In biblical times, the ancient Israelites thought that the heart, thought about the heart in the same way we think about the mind today. In Psalms, we hear about that the heart was the source of wisdom and bravery. In Exodus, we hear that it is the center of wisdom. 
For, di- for the disciples then, to say that their hearts were on fire, that it was burning within them, was not a throwaway line. It was not something that just was there one minute and then went the next. It was a really important thing to say that. Now, tonight's scripture, we're going to delve into one of my favorite stories in the Bible because I resonate with both these women. We're going to look at the Martha and Mary story in Luke. So if you have a Bible, open up to Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. And if you don't, it'll be on the screen behind me. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me out. Martha, Martha, the Lord answers, you are worried and upset by many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I love that story because I can resonate with both women. Every time we find Mary, we find her at the feet of Jesus. We find her at the feet of Jesus, then listening. We find her in, Luke, in John 11. She fell at his feet when her brother Lazarus was dying or had died. In John 12, 3, we find her at, the, at his feet, giving her, anointing Jesus's feet with oil and washing it with her hair. Mary was there to receive the blessing from Jesus. In her life, she wanted the blessing of Jesus. And so she found a way, and Josh talked about this a couple of weeks ago, to position herself to encounter Jesus. We find Martha too busy and having trouble in the kitchen. It's something I can relate to. She comes worrying about all sorts of things. Not only that, she was resentful towards her sister to the point that she begged Jesus to make Mary come up and help her. But Jesus says one very important line to Martha that we must understand if we're going to have hearts on fire for Jesus. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, hear me out. Martha was not a bad person, all right? She opened up her home to Jesus. And as someone who has people in her home all the time, I get Martha, all right? I get that the plates need to be put on the table. I get that food needs to go on the table or to be cooked. I get that vacuum floors have to be vacuumed. I get that if you come to my home unexpected, don't use the bathroom. I have three children, all right? I get what it means to open up your home. So she wasn't wrong, but she wasn't willing to give up what was important to her for what was truly, actually important for her life. Now, don't get me wrong, when when Jesus left, I'm sure Mary could have got up and helped her empty the dishwasher, But I would say that a heart on fire for Jesus looks like Mary willing to give up everything to be at the feet of Jesus. Do you know, we make 35,000 decisions a day. That's insane. But Jesus is saying, make one choice. 
Make the choice to sit at my feet and to learn from me in my presence. So what does it look like to have a heart on fire for Jesus? I think that someone who has a heart on fire for Jesus wants to tell others about him. I love in the story, um, those disciples, as soon as their hearts were on fire for Jesus, what did they do? They turned around and they ran back to Jerusalem so they could tell all the other disciples about what Jesus had done. I love that a few months ago, uh, or a while ago, um, Taryn rocks up with this lady and I, and I say to this, um, this lady, I say, hey, how do you know Taryn? And she goes, I don't. I just met her on the bus. She started talking about God in your church and I thought I'd just come visit. Cool. Awesome. But a heart on fire for Jesus is someone who can't wait to tell other people about Jesus. A heart on fire for Jesus looks like Mary taking every opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus. And to sit at the feet of Jesus means you actually have to humble yourself and not care what everybody else thinks. It would have been really uncommon for Mary, or to, for women in general, to be sitting at the feet of a teacher like Jesus. It wasn't really heard of in those days. And so for Mary to do that, she must have decided that she cared more about being in the presence of Jesus than she did what other people would think of her. That whether she was going to put out other people, or whether they would worry about the fact that she should be in the kitchen and not down at the feet of Jesus. A heart on fire for Jesus is humble and knows that the place of true hearts on fire comes at the feet of Jesus. And when your heart is on fire, you are different. You want to be more like Jesus. You cut out things in your life that perhaps take you away from Jesus. For me, a couple of years ago, that was Facebook. It was just not helping me be more like Jesus. And again, recently, I've just left it because it's just not helping me be more like Jesus. Maybe for you, it's cutting out toxic video games or TV shows. Maybe it's books. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something that you actually want to give up, like Mary. I'm quite okay with giving up the housework. If God calls me to do that, I am okay. Can I get an amen so I can confirm that's from Jesus? Awesome. Thank you. Mike, you're up. Um, but God calls us to give up something because he wants us to be more like him. We should make us different. It should make us different from those of the world. People who have hearts on fire for Jesus look different. If you look at yourself today and you can't see any difference in yourself than someone, one of your friends that doesn't know Jesus, there's something wrong because you should look different culturally engaged leaders, d d resilient disciples, and people who contend in prayer, they look different. G people who have hearts on fire for Jesus are different, and it's beautiful. Let me tell you about some, a story about some guys who had hearts on fire for Jesus. Now, I really wanted a rocking chair that I could sit in and read this to you, but I don't own one. So I'm going to sit up here, and I'm going to read you a story. This is a true story, a story that is, was, was in 320 AD. The Roman governor stood resolutely before the 40 Roman soldiers at the th at, at, of the Thundering Legion. 
I command you to make an offering to the Roman gods. If you will not, you will be stripped of your military status. The 40 soldiers all believed firmly in the Lord Jesus. They knew they must not deny him or sacrifice to the Roman idols, no matter what the governor would do to them. Commitidus spoke to the legion, for the legion. Nothing is dearer or of greater honour to us than Christ our God. The governor then tried other tactics to get them to deny their faith. Firstly, he offended them with money. He offered them money and imperial honours. And then he threatened them with torments and torture, with the rack and with fire. Commitidus replied, You offer us money that remains behind and glory that fades away. You seek to make us friends of the empire, but alien us from the one true king. We desire one gift, the crown of righteousness. We are anxious for one glory, the glory of the heavenly kingdom. We love honours those of heaven. You threaten fearful torments and call our godliness a crime but you will not find us faint-hearted or attached to this life or easily stricken with terror. For the love of God, we are prepared to endure any kind of torture. The governor was enraged. Now he wanted them to die a slow and painful death. They were stripped naked and herded to the middle of a frozen lake. He set soldiers to guard them to prevent any of them from coming ashore and escaping. The 40 encouraged each other as though they were going to battle. How many of our our companions in arms fell off on the battlefront, showing themselves loyal to an earthly king? Is it possible for us to fail to sacrifice our lives in faithfulness to the true king? Let us not turn aside, O warriors. Let us not turn our backs in, in in flight from the devil. They spent the night courageously bearing their pain and rejoicing in the hope of soon being with their Lord. To increase the torment of the Christians, baths of hot water were put around the lake. With these, the governor hoped to weaken the firm resolve of the freezing men. He told them, you may come ashore when you are ready to deny your faith. In the end, one of them did weaken and came off the ice and got into the warm bath. When one of the guards on the shore saw him desert, he, he himself took the place of the traitor. Surprising everyone with his, the suddenness of his conversion, he threw off his clothes and ran to join the naked ones on the ice, crying out loudly, I am Christian. This is the story of martyrs. All the men in that story and the guard died. You don't give up your life for Jesus unless your heart is on fire for God. That story is so powerful because they were not not scared. They were not not fearful for their life. But they knew that worshipping God, that being on fire for Jesus, that being in his presence was worth dying for. And tonight I want to tell you that. I want to tell you that having a heart on fire for Jesus, being willing to die for Jesus is worth it. Now, for most of us, you're probably not going to be martyred. We're really blessed to be in this country. 
But you will definitely be challenged in your faith. You will definitely be challenged to turn away from God. And there will be a time in your life where you have to make a decision. Am I going to choose God or am I going to choose the world? And can I tell you, when you get a heart on fire for the presence of Jesus, it changes everything. There is nothing quite like being in the presence of Jesus and having your life transformed. We need to find a way to be in the presence of Jesus. But well, well before I became a pastor, my, my, my old pastor would tell you that I was, on, I was always at the front, on my knees, in worship, probably crying. People must have thought I had a lot of issues. I probably did. But no, the truth is, is that I, I wanted the presence of God, that I was desperate for the presence of God, that I didn't actually care what you thought of me if I had the presence of God. And I was desperate before that. And I think a heart on fire is more concerned about being close to him than anything else in the world. Let me say that again. A heart on fire for Jesus is more concerned about being in the presence of Jesus than anything else in the world. Some people would say, having your heart on fire for Jesus starts in the scripture. And I love the scriptures, but if I'm honest, as a young adult, Having a heart for Jesus started on my knees in worship. A desperation to be in his presence made my whole life come alive. It transformed who I was. Martha didn't want to give up her jobs. right? Martha had all these things to do. And like I said before, she wasn't wrong. Those things had to be done. For you, your job, it's important. I know you've got stuff to do. I know after this service, you've got things to do, people to see, sleep to happen. <laughs> it's normal and it's not that those things aren't important. But we need to understand that those things need to be put aside as we step into the presence of God. That while those things are important, they're not, important, not as important as the presence of God. That has to be number one in our lives. True joy, true strength and true peace comes when we decide that we're going to be in the presence of God and not in the presence of the things that we have to do. I want to talk to the ones who are going through life doing good stuff. You're not bad people, right? You're good people. I said that before. I love you guys. But I feel like Jesus is trying to say to some of us tonight, I want you to stop trying to have it all together and I want you to humble yourself before me and be filled with my presence. Your life will be transformed if you're willing to do those things. At the age of 20, it's, it's kind of somewhat easier to encounter Jesus. But if you're over the age of 30, I want to speak to you for a moment. I want to speak to you right now because I think when you hit 30, something happens and it gets harder. There is something about traditions in family, routines, about getting comfortable in life that happens when you hit 30 or above. No one gets what it's quite like to have a family to take care of and look after 
and as a mum, perhaps juggle doing all these different things in life, unless you're in it. And I just want to encourage you today that, we, that even though you're in, the, you're in that age of in that age where sometimes you can get in that comfortable spot, God wants to take you out of that comfortable spot and he wants to take you further. He wants to say, I know you've got those things to do. I know you've got those pressures that are very real. I can't leave my children not to eat. I have to do that. I think that's the law, right? I don't know, James will tell me later. But you have to do that stuff. But what's more important is that my kids see me on my knees in worship. What's more important is that my kids see me eating the, eating, sorry, not eating, they do they see me eating. They need to see me in the word of God. That is what is going to see their lives transformed. Those are the things they will happen. They will. Kids will find the fridge. But unless they see me as a passionate follower of Jesus Christ, they're not going to have that same passion that I desperately want them to have. So if you're in your 30s, you need to find that hunger for God again. If you're in your 20s and you've lost that first love, I want to encourage you, take your 20s to get more in love with Jesus. Do it now. There is something about having that strength in you as you leave your 20s and go into your 30s and you start um, other areas of life. But can I encourage you, if you're in your teenage years or you're in in your 20s, find the presence of God and stay there. It is a beautiful thing. So this means spending time with Jesus, however that looks for you. Do you know what? This week, it was boiling hot, and we had to all sleep in the lounge room because we only have one air conditioner. And so I had to do my quiet time, spend my time with God in the dark. It was pitch black, but that was the only choice I had. So maybe for you, it's, 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 it's making time wherever that meets you. Maybe it's sitting outside in the sun, letting the presence of God wash over you. Maybe it's being in the Word. Please get into the Word. It is a beautiful thing that will change your life. When you let God love you, wherever you are, when you decide that in worship, you're going to make that choice to humble yourselves and to let Him in. You will see your world transformed. You will see your heart come on fire for Jesus. I felt the Lord tell me, and, and maybe perhaps someone's going to listen to the podcast or maybe there's someone here, but just to speak to the mums for a second. You get being Martha more than anyone. You get it. It's hard. But I just wanted to encourage you, find a way to get into the presence of God. If you've got a baby and you want to come down the front and you want to be on your knees in worship, chuck me your baby. I'll hold them. I don't care. I want you to be in the presence of God. And I say that seriously. Find somebody that won't drop them. Give them to them. I won't drop the baby, I promise. But you need it. We all need it. But I felt in particular to just, to, just to tell the mums, you need to get into the presence of God. In 2020, I want a church whose heart is on fire for Jesus, even more so than you already are. I want to see people walking through these doors who don't know the power of Jesus and because of your heart being on fire for Jesus, their lives are transformed through the power of Christ. Let's not get complacent with what we have. Don't stop inviting your friends. 
Don't stop praying for your plus ones. For those who don't know what that is, in our church, we encourage you to have one person that you're praying for, that you would love to, um, to know Jesus, who doesn't know Jesus, and to pray for them, to encourage them, to be in their lives. Don't stop praying for them. I want to see a church where resilient disciples happen because we have hearts on fire for Jesus. I want to see a church that is culturally engaged with people that don't settle for shoving their heads in the sand but say, actually, I'll engage with you if you think differently to me. I want to see a church who are passionate about prayer because they're on fire for Jesus and they know the power of prayer. I can't wait till our house is too small to hold prayer meetings. We used to do church in our house and we grew out of that. We used to do heart and soul in our house and we've now grown too big for that. And I can't wait till our prayer meetings are overflowing. So how are we at Encounter going to help you achieve that? How are we going to help you have a heart on fire for Jesus? This year we are starting a youth ministry. I'm so excited for youth ministry. And I'm excited for youth ministry for our youth. I'm excited for my kid who's coming up into youth ministry, but I'm also excited because in churches where there is a thriving youth ministry, there is a passion and it brings out a desire in us to live more like Christ so we can be an example to those that are coming up. We need you to pray for us. We need you to pray for our youth leaders. We need you to pray for our youth. We're going to be going into schools, which is super exciting, and, and, and giving a chance for our young people to become resilient disciples of Jesus. And we need you to be invested in that. We need your heart on fire for Jesus so you can show these kids what does it mean to follow Jesus. We're going to introduce the Discovery Bible Method to you. This is a new way to read the Bible with yourself and with others. It's a great tool that will help you fall more in love with Jesus, more in love with the world, in the, with the Word, not with the world. And it will, and it will help you share your faith to your friends. We're going to be rolling that out sometime this year, and I'm really excited about that. And on February 23rd, we're going to be baptizing people. Super excited about that. Super excited. And if God sets your heart on fire for Jesus, if you've just suddenly rediscovered the Lord, can I encourage you to get baptized? Baptism is is simply you declaring to the world, you declaring to your friends and to your family that you love Jesus and that you want to put him first in your life. And if your heart is on fire for Jesus and you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you to do that. What it does, it does turn up the temperature. It does make you more on fire for God, more passionate for his word, more passionate for his house. So if you want to get your heart on fire for Jesus and you've never been baptised, I want to encourage you to do that. Come and see us after the service. Tonight, I want to challenge the mums and dads, the singles, the married couples, the engaged couples, those in new and old relationships, the youth in the room. Mary made the best choice. We are called to be like Mary. Remember that if you want the fire of God in your life, and I hope you do, then you have to humble yourself and get yourself in the presence of God. There is no point sitting in church if our hearts are not longing to grow closer to God. There is no point sitting in church unless our hearts are not longing to grow closer to God. 
In many ways, I am sick of Christians not looking any different to the world. I am sick of it. I want to see Christians who are passionate about their faith and sharing Jesus with anybody that God puts in their path. I want to see Christians who are going out into the world and making it a better place. I want to see Christians who say, do you know what? I could sit down and watch Netflix or I could hang out with that person that needs me. I want to see people, Christians, who have hearts on fire for Jesus changing this world. And if you really want that, if you really want to change your world, change your kids' lives, change your friends' lives, change the people at uni, in your workplace, then you need to find the presence of God and you need to live there. You need to camp there. You need to say, actually, no matter what, I'm going to live in the presence of God. Now, being up the front here, there's no magic here. I love sometimes just being at the back worshipping. I love worshipping where no one can see me. I love being on my knees in worship in the back row. But there is something about when we humble ourselves and we kneel before Jesus that says, do you know what? I am hungry for the presence of God. I'm not just going to say that I'm a Christian, but I'm going to act like it. I'm going to be different. I'm going to hunger for the presence of God. I would love you tonight to humble yourselves at the feet of Jesus, the one who sacrificed everything for you, the one who says, I know you're busy. I can see you have things to do that are important, but will you sit with me? Sit with me. I love you. Let me tell you that you don't have to do this on your own anymore. That you can let Jesus fight your battles. That you can ask him for everything, anything, and you can tell him everything. Jesus wants to say to you tonight, if you will be hungry enough to get in my presence, if you will push your way forward, desperate to sit at the feet of Jesus, you will see your life transformed. You will see the passion rise, your life change, your mood change, the people around you change. The hunger for the presence of God will lead you to him and change your life. At the end of tonight, I want you to try three things for me. I'd love you to go to God and humble yourself before him. Maybe for you, that's in your bedroom, by your bed. Simply saying, God, I'm here, I'm yours, use me. Maybe for you, it's, it's touching the person next to you and just saying, will you pray for me? I need the power and the presence of God. I want a heart on fire for Jesus. But I think for many of us tonight, for many of us tonight, it's actually about stepping out of our comfort zones. It's actually about humbling ourselves before the Lord and coming down the front in worship on your knees and desperately seeking the presence of God. Because when we do that, our heart comes alive when we humble ourselves, when we say, God, this is about you and not us. Our lives are completely transformed. And number two, I want you to ask him to touch you with his presence. 
Hold out your hands. Clear your mind and let him speak to you. Let him whisper, I've got you. I've got your kids. I've got your life. I've got your future, your future relationships, your current relationships. I've got you. I'm here. And then number three, I want you to spend time with him regularly. My girlfriend, Sarah, used to go out on Jesus dates. I would say to her, can we hang out? And she said, no, I'm on a Jesus date that time. And what she'd do is she'd take her Bible and her pen and her notebook and her trusty water bottle and she'd go to the beach or she'd climb a mountain and she'd spend time with Jesus. She would spend time in the presence of God. There was no one else around. There was no music. It was just her and God. And can I tell you, I've never met anybody who has had the presence of God shining out of them so much as my friend Sarah does. We give you opportunities here at this church to connect with God. We have Sundays, which we love. We have heart and soul nights tomorrow night. We have life groups. We have reading plans you can do with us. We want you to encounter Jesus regularly. So if you will try these things, if you will humble yourself before God, if you will ask Him to fill you, and if you will spend time with Him regularly, you will find your life transformed and your heart on fire for Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We'd love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.